Well, good morning, High Life. Uh, welcome to another broadcast this morning. Uh, I trust you are well. You know, the Bible says this is the day the Lord has made, and therefore we'll rejoice and be glad in it. So we give thanks um, for the days in which we live. They are the days of God's presence. They are the days of God's life, light, love, and glory manifested in a way that is greater than we've ever seen before. So again, welcome to this broadcast. Uh, before we get into prayer and get into the Word, uh, this is just to remind you that this week we are starting our book club. Uh, we're going to be studying the book Unpunishable by Danny Silk, and I'd like to invite you to join us um, as we begin this exciting study. You know, one of the values um, we have as a church is that we are building a culture of family, and uh, we've decided that we're going to be spending some time going through different books that, um, that speak about these different values so that we understand the heart of what the values represent. A few months ago, we, we studied the book, The Final Quest uh, by Rick Joyner, uh, and that related directly to our value, which says we are not from here. So please um, consider this very important, uh, what we're doing as a church. Do join us. If you'd like more information, uh, just go to our website, highlifechurch.com. It's the very first banner. Tap on the button that says join now, and um, you can get information about the book, um, you know, our whole process, and also um, um, how to get the book for yourself. So I look forward to having you join us on, uh, on Tuesday evening, which is when we start the study. Uh, but before then, we need to have read two chapters of the book, so you need to hurry. If you're having difficulty finding it, finding the book, or finding a place where you can buy it, please contact me and, and I will or contact us, and we will connect you to the right source. Amen. Well, today we're going to be continuing our study um, on God building a people of distinction, and um, we are going to be looking at uh, the fruit of distinction again. But before we get into the Word, let us ask the Holy Spirit to help us. Bow with me in prayer um, this morning. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for your presence. We're thankful, O oh God, because nothing catches you by surprise. Uh, you are our Father. You are the God of all flesh. You are the Ancient of Days. Holy Father, as we walk through this time of great darkness, we know it is a time of great light. So we ask for the operation of the Holy Spirit this morning, even the spirit of wisdom and revelation. We ask, O oh God, that your spirit will give us light, O oh God, that will come into a true knowledge of you. Open the eyes of our hearts, Holy Spirit. Open our ears. Let us perceive wonders out of your word that we, our lives may be transformed. Lord, we give you thanks. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as I said, we've been studying on God building a people of distinction. You know, the earth, uh, the Bible says that the creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. And the sons of God are already in the earth, but the manifestation of mature sons is the result of a process of growth. Uh, the full completion of our salvation is our maturity. And that is the process that the Holy Spirit is taking us through. Isn't it amazing that when Jesus was born, um, he grew up in knowledge of God and in favor with God and man. Uh, the Holy Spirit, he came under the tutelage of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit um, mentored him in a process of growth. 
it is the same process that the Holy Spirit is leading us through. Just like the Holy Spirit came upon Christ and, and compelled him into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil, the Holy Spirit, the same way, will take over your growth and he will compel you in different directions um, so that you can manifest the full uh, presence of God. So we, we've talked about this, the process of growth that we're going through as believers. And we've, we've, um, we've uh, compared it to the stability that happens when you put a camera on a tripod. And we've talked about the three legs of our spiritual tripod. The first leg is the, is the leg of character. So as we're growing in God, we're growing in the manifestation of his character. The second leg is presence. We are growing in an understanding of practically manifesting his presence and his power. And the last is the, the leg of government. The Bible says upon his shoulders will be the government of the kingdom. The shoulders are part of the, of the body of Christ. So we have this tripod. One leg of the tripod is not more important than the other. You need all three to have that stability. In like manner, um, from the perspective of God's purpose, the purpose of God for our lives is not complete until we fully exhibit um, the virtues and character of Christ in all three dimensions. Character is not more important than presence. Presence is not more important than government because those are the three legs of the tripod. Yeah? God will not be satisfied if you exhibit his character and not his presence or exhibit his presence and not his government. So he's growing us up into him in these three aspects. But if we're going to look at it from the perspective of building uh, a building and laying foundations, um, laying foundations, the, the, the first foundation would be the foundation of character, the foundation of character. And then upon that foundation is the foundation of presence. And then, of course, is the foundation of government. So God cannot build what he wants to build with us until those three foundations are laid. But in terms of priority, even though he can't build until those three foundations are in place, but in terms of priority, the first level is the foundation of character, uh, growing us into the manifestation of the character of Christ and then the presence of Christ. And then when these two foundations are laid, then he lays the foundation of government. You know, in the last few weeks, um, there has been a lot um, happening in the earth, uh, particularly with respect to the U.S. elections. And, um, you know, th there's been so much going on there. A lot of Christians have been praying that God's will will be done. And, you know, sometimes I've heard the phrase that, you know, Christians should stay away from politics. Um, you know, God can use whoever is in power and we should stay away from politics. You know, I believe that that cannot be further away from the truth. Okay, when it comes to government, um, government is a key foundation of why we're here. In fact, it, it, is, it is, should I say, one of the key manifestations of God's presence in the earth. It's all about government. It's all about government. You know, the Bible says in Revelation eleven fifteen, it says the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. Okay, it's all about government. It's all about 
politics, okay? And um, it's important to understand that our role as the body of Christ is not fully manifested in the earth until the government of God um, has a free course through us in governing the earth. In the millennial reign of Christ, he's going to come and govern the earth. So the government we have in place is important, okay? Uh, it's very important. Uh, the Bible says that when the righteous rule, the people rejoice. Hallelujah. So that is part of our mandate. It is important that we get involved in politics. It is important that we get involved in, in the affairs of the city. And it's not just about appointing righteous leaders. It is about being the righteous leadership okay it's about being the righteous leadership you know jesus in matthew 16 18 uh permit the slight it's not really a digression but but it's not the focus of today but i'm going to talk about this for a little bit because of what is happening in the earth you know in matthew 16 18 jesus said uh, and i also say to you that you are peter and on this rock i will build my church and the gates of hades shall not prevail against it he said, I will build my church. The word church there is ecclesia. Uh, and of course, this is a word that we're all familiar with. But it is important to understand that the church by definition, the church by definition is an arm of government because the ecclesia was, um, was a group of people um, from Greek culture. Every time uh, the Greeks um, um, took over a territory, they would appoint um, a selection of citizens uh, whose job was to go into that occupied territory and, and as it were, um, uh, induct them in Greek culture and Greek, uh, and Greek philosophy and Greek practice. Okay? These were citizens of the kingdom of Greece and they would, they would establish Greek culture and that is why even after the Greek uh, empire was overrun or overtaken by the Roman empire, the Romans couldn't eradicate Greek culture because the Greek culture so permeated um, all aspects of culture that they couldn't take it out because of the ecclesia. Uh, and Jesus said, I'm going to build my ecclesia. Ecclesia is not a religious word. Ecclesia is a word that the, that the, the Jews were very familiar with. Uh, because it was a philosophy that the Romans also used, but it began with the Greeks. It is about establishing Greek norms, establishing Roman norms and culture in every occupied territory. Jesus said, I'm going to build my own. Hallelujah. And even though uh, the devil is the god of this world, I am, going to, I am going to establish my people. And in the earth, in this occupied territory, they are going to establish my kingdom. And, and ultimately, I'm going to come back and I'm going to establish my physical reign on the earth. So when the Bible talks about us being ambassadors for Christ, it is not just, oh, somebody who comes and tells this territory about the Lord. No, it's much more than that. To be ambassador for Christ means that we are his diplomatic agents um, of the highest rank, sent to represent King Jesus and authorized to speak on his behalf. It means that we are the voice of heaven to the earth, invested with royal power through the name of Jesus and authority of his blood. We are here to represent him, not just in word, but in power. We're here to terraform the earth to heaven, as it were. We're here to build heaven 
on the earth. That's what a representative is as far as the kingdom of God is concerned. You know, when Jesus taught us to pray, he says, pray this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Fundamentally in our prayer as we worship the Father is recognition that heaven has a will and we want to establish that will in the earth. We do it through prayer, intercession. We do it through participation. We do it through being vocal and, and, and standing in place of government. That is what we're here for, to terraform the earth into heaven. But unfortunately, as soon as we got access to heaven, we forgot about our primary assignment, which is the earth. As soon as we got born again and we began to see the glories of heaven, we forgot about our primary assignment, which is to bring heaven to the earth. It is a time to remember that in every place we're in, that it's about government, expanding the kingdom of God. You know, the primary occupation of heaven is the earth. Hallelujah. Uh, not heaven. Heaven is not thinking about heaven. Heaven is thinking about the earth. Because heaven is, is worshiping the Father uh, and, and heaven is seeking to fulfill the will of the Father. And the Father's will is about the earth. Because on earth are his precious creation. So our hearts are occupied with the, with the, uh, with the inheritance um, that the Lord promised or the Father promised the Son, which is people, 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 people. Uh, that occupies our hearts. So the affairs of the earth are important to us because they are important to the Father. Hallelujah. So, um, so we, we, this is where we're going to. Uh, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about the government of Christ. But we're beginning with the foundation which is the character, because we cannot establish government uh, without manifesting his presence. Uh, and we cannot establish government without, uh, and we cannot manifest his presence without beginning with that foundation of character, of character, um, of character. Now, one of the things that we've seen in all our studies, you know, we've looked at um, uh, uh, Philemon 6 that says that um, the sharing of your faith will become effective as we acknowledge every good thing in us in Christ. That was the, the key text last week. And before that, another verse we looked at was 2 Corinthians 3.18. That says, we all with open face, beholding uh, in a mirror um, the glory of God, are transformed or changed into that same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Um, one of the things that we have seen when it comes to being transformed, when it comes to manifesting the presence of Christ, when it comes to being fruitful, abiding in Christ, um, as we studied uh, a few weeks ago from John 15, one common thread we've seen all the way through is really the importance of meditation, the importance of meditation. We looked at it in the word acknowledgement, the recognition of who we are. Um, uh, we looked at it in the word uh, to gaze in 2 Corinthians 3.18, to fix our attention, to fix our attention on him. And it's as we fix our attention that we are changed. We saw that word union in John 15, where it says, when you come into union with me, uh, in John 15.4, the Passion Translation, Jesus said, you must remain in life union with me, for I remain in life union with the Father. Uh, for as a branch severed from the vine cannot bear fruit, 
So your life will be fruitless unless you live in intimate union, uh, intimately joined with me. Uh, and we said the process of fixing, fixing our gaze, the process of joining ourselves with the Lord, the process of acknowledgement is that process of meditation. Meditation, meditation. You will never experience a deep relationship with Jesus or have a profound uh, experience of his presence or be able to abide in him adequately if we do not practice biblical meditation. Biblical meditation as we acknowledge, as we meditate, as we put our focus not on our weaknesses but who we are in Christ, who Christ is in us. That is how transformation takes place. So that's a foundation of um, character transformation. Meditating on him, meditating in his word, focusing on him, keeping our attention on him. And this is a practice that we must all participate in as children of God. So as we are looking at the fruit of the Spirit, which we began looking at last week, um, we are looking at its fruit from the perspective of um, understanding what this fruit is or the different aspects of this fruit and acknowledging and seeing them in Christ and Christ in us. And it's as we look at who we are and what Christ is in us and what we have in us that we are able to be transformed into that image. And that's why we're looking at um, the fruit of the Spirit. We're not looking at the fruit of the Spirit from the perspective of this is what we are meant to do. We're looking at the fruit of the Spirit from the aspect of, or the perspective of, this is who Christ is in us. Hallelujah. This is who Christ is in us. It is important that we understand that we are looking at it from the perspective of acknowledging um, who Christ is in us. Every good thing in us that is in Christ Jesus. So let's open our Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. Uh, and let us look at this fruit of the Spirit, this fruit that the Holy Spirit is producing in us. This fruit that the Holy Spirit is producing in us. That puts the emphasis on the right, in the right place. It's not fruit from ourselves. It's not the fruit of human virtue. It is the fruit of the vine. The vine is the Lord. The, the Spirit is producing this fruit in us. And therefore, when we look at the quality, when we look at the capacity, it goes beyond what a human being can do. It is love that is, is from the Lord. It is love that, that comes from his nature, not from our own nature. So, verse 22 of Galatians 5, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. Again, remember, it's not fruits, as in plural, it is fruit. Because this, everything that has been described here is the external manifestation of something, of the nature on the inside of us. When that nature, which is Christ, which is divine, manifests, it manifests in these ways, in this way, okay? It is the manifestation of the fruit. You don't have fruit in you. Fruit is external manifestation of the life of the vine. When the life of the vine manifests through you, the branch, this is how he manifests. Hallelujah. So Christ in you is coming out. And when Christ in you comes out, this is what he looks like. Hallelujah. So he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, 
kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. There is no law. You know, we began last week looking at love because love is the foundational key to success. Um, if we're going to manifest his presence, it's love. Love is the foundational key. If we don't get love right, we won't get anything else right. And that is why he begins by saying the fruit of the Spirit is love. You know, in 1 John 4, 7, the Bible says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God. Everyone who manifests this quality of love is born of God because you can't manifest it without him. Remember, this love is not, the, is not human love. It's divine love. You cannot manifest divine love unless he lives in you. So it says, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is. For God is love. For God is love. So love should be manifest in everything we do and say. That's not to say that you're going to love perfectly all the time, but it does mean that, that the more we grow in love, uh, the more God's presence can manifest through us because God is love. The more the power of God can manifest through us, the more the prophetic can manifest through us because God is love. Okay? God is love. God is love. God is love. God is love. Um, so... Um, you know, um, love is, 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 the, is the foundational key to success, to manifest in every... If we're going to say uh, character is one foundation, you know, the, 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 the lowest level of that foundation, the beginning is love, because God is, God is love. If you look at the prayers of Paul, the inspired prayers um, of the Apostle Paul, uh, of course, in, in prayers inspired by the Holy Spirit, you, you get to understand the priorities of God. Um, you know, a lot of us, if we're to pray, we'll pray for our families, which we should, we'll pray for money, we'll pray for success. But it's amazing, when, when you hear what the Spirit of God is praying for us about, He cuts through everything else and, and focuses on what is the most important. Um, the Spirit of God knows how to keep the main thing the main thing. And look at how he prayed through Paul. Um, in, um, look at Ephesians chapter 3, uh, verse 14. I'm going to read the New Living Translation of this passage. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. Um, Paul says, he says, When I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. And I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong and may you have the power to understand as all God's people should how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, 
though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. You know, it, it's so important to dissect this for a few minutes. He begins by saying that I'm praying that from his glorious unlimited resources, from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. So this thing he's talking about and praying about is not going to come from you. It is going to come from the realm of the spirit. It is going to come from the vine himself. Hallelujah. He says, I'm praying that this, you, from the realm of glory, where the resources of God are unlimited, unlimited, unlimited capacity. This is not about human capacity. This is about divine capacity. God, from your glory realm, I pray that we will receive strength. Can you imagine somebody's life being strengthened by power and that comes from God himself? That means that you are capable of doing this thing. You are capable, you are more than capable of manifesting a product uh, that is supernatural because you are being infused with supernatural strength. He's saying that the strength is not yours, it comes from him. Acknowledge that Christ in you, Christ in you, gives you the capacity to do everything God has ordained you to do. And then he outlines different things. He says, as, as you are filled with this inner strength from the Spirit, your roots will grow down into God's love, into God's love, into God's love. That is foundational. Your life system will be empowered by his love. And you will come to understand, understand as all God's people should, how wide, long, high, and deep his love is. You know, the love of God in us. You know, there are two dimensions to God's love. There's God's love for us and God's love in us. God's love for us. We must be established in God's love for us. Hallelujah. The Bible says in 1 John 4, uh, I believe verse 16, talks about we know and believe the love that God has for us. We know and believe. We, we must be established in God's love for us. You know, when, when we are established in God's love for us, it creates confidence. It creates stability. We, we don't feel we have to react to others when they do not appreciate and acknowledge us the way they should. Uh, people should appreciate you for the unique creation of God you are. They should celebrate you for who you are uh, because you are, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. But when God's love for us is established in us, when our roots grow deep into our identity of Christ's love for us, it doesn't really matter what people do and say because you know that you are accepted in his beloved. So the Bible says that we should pray that from this place of glory, from the presence of God, that our roots will grow deep into God's love for us and God's love in us. When our roots grow deep into God's love in us, then we know we have capacity to love our enemies and to love the, the, the unlovable as far as the world is concerned. But then he says that, that you may understand, understand that love for us and in us, and that you may experience the love of Christ though it is too great to understand fully. And then you will be made complete with all the fullness of God. Understand, experience, manifest. That is the process. 
understand, which is, which is the result of exploration. That's what we're doing, exploring who we are in Christ. Acknowledging who we are in Christ opens the door to understanding this love, understanding this love in us, exploring this love that is the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the, the, the manifestation of the nature of God in us, exploring it, exploring it, exploring it brings us into understanding and understanding opens the door to experience, and then we can manifest. I love this prayer of the Apostle Paul, because it speaks to what is important. It speaks to the priority of heaven. Um, love is the beginning. It's the door to everything else. Hallelujah. Um, so we must, we must understand this, and we understand it as we continue to behold. We looked briefly at 1 Corinthians 13 last week, uh, and that needs to be a, a passage that we, we meditate on as believers. Meditate on as believers. This is who you are. This is what you have. This is who Christ is, and he is in you. Uh, and begin to look at it not from the perspective of pressure. This is what I, God is expecting me to do. No, it, this is who I am. This is who I am. Uh, and the Spirit of God will give you understanding, and he will give you experience. And then from there, uh, the fruit begins to manifest. Now let us look very briefly at the other aspects of the manifestation of the fruit of the Spirit. Let us look at goodness. Uh, I'm starting with goodness. You, you understand why I'm starting with goodness in a minute. Uh, it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Now goodness um, the, you know, the different ways goodness is translated, but boiling it down, goodness really speaks about moral excellence, moral excellence. And goodness is foundational to our new creation. If you look at um, the book of Ephesians, uh, chapter 5, uh, verse 7, let's look at Ephesians 5, verse 7. It says, Therefore, uh, do not be partakers with them. Okay, previous verse is talking about walking in, the, in the, the works of the flesh. It says, do not be partakers with them, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Uh, it begins by saying that you are, walk as children of light. You know, light, time will not permit us to, to, to go into um, into, into a study of light. But, but light speaks about the, the framework um, of our creation. Okay, we are all uh, creations of light. God is light. And it is from light that everything um, proceeds. You know how in the beginning God said, let there, let there be light. Okay, light is, is almost like a framework for creation. Uh, when you drill down into um, all matter. Um, if you look at humanity, for instance, uh, you go down from system, uh, organs, uh, systems to organs to, to cells to, to um, atomic particles, some atomic particles, quantum uh, particles. Everything starts off with light. It is from light that everything proceeds. Even the realm of the spirit, everything proceeds from light. God is light. Okay, God is light. So he says that the fruit of light he says, walk as children of light because the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness. It is all goodness. It's in all goodness. Goodness is a, is a, is a basic um, quality of the manifestation of light. 
You know, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, the Bible says we are the workmanship of God created in Christ for good works, for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, okay? We are a creation that is essentially good, okay? That is essentially good. You know, the Bible says that when God created everything, he saw that it was good. He created humanity. He saw that it was, we were very good, okay? Goodness speaks about moral excellence. It speaks about um, um, a, 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 um, a quality of our being. We are good beings. Uh, the Bible says that if anyone is in Christ, it's a new creation. That creation is made for good works because it is good. Hallelujah. It is good. So we're actually made to be good. Uh, the very substance of our being as a new creation results in, in goodness. Um, when we're not exhibiting goodness, we are behaving in rebellion uh, against the very fiber of our beings. Look at Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20, speaking about goodness. It says, Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, uh, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So goodness is being, uh, as we draw closer to the Lord, and we're becoming more and more like him every day, um, we, we are walking in goodness. We are walking in goodness, okay? We are walking in moral excellence. We are walking in goodness. And, you know, I believe that from this framework, other things flow. Just like love is foundational, goodness is also foundation. I believe that, like, that, that joy, uh, joy flows, um, it flows from goodness. You know, there's clear evidence that as we are walking with a clean heart, uh, as we are walking closer to the Lord, it brings joy into our lives and into the lives of others, okay? Um, so the key to joy, I believe, is goodness. Um, if you look at um, John chapter 15, verse 10, uh, I'll just read the, the Passion Translation uh, because of time. In John chapter 15, verse 10, Jesus said, If you keep my commandments, you will live in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commandments, for I, I continually live nourished and empowered by his love. And then he says, my purpose for telling you these things is so that the joy that I experience will fill your hearts with overflowing gladness. So Jesus said, I'm experiencing joy, and I want you to experience the same joy. So I'm sharing with you the foundation of my joy, the reason why I'm joyful. I am, joy is released in me because I, 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 I am nourished by the love of my father and I keep my father's commandments, okay? Because I'm established in God's love for me and because I keep my father's commandments, which is goodness, because I am good, uh, I am good. My goodness comes out of um, of being nourished by my father's love. Because my father loves me and I'm established in his love, I manifest his nature. So I am a good person. I am a good person. And because I'm a good person and I'm established in his love, guess what happens? My life is overflowing with joy. 
okay? And I want your life to be overflowing with the same joy. So let the Father's love nourish you um, and keep his commandments, love and goodness, love and goodness, and you will walk in the same joy as I walk, the Lord says. Okay, so we see the link between joy and goodness, how joy flows from goodness. In 3 John, um, verse 3, uh, John says, For I rejoice greatly, I rejoice greatly, when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Walking in truth, finding what is pleasing to the Lord is goodness. When you walk in truth, you are walking in goodness. And he says, this brings joy uh, to my heart. Okay, so joy is the result of walking in truth, being blameless before God and keeping his commandments, being nourished by his love. Joy flows out of that foundation of goodness. Again, goodness opens the door for joy in our lives. When we cultivate goodness, we cultivate joy. Um, and this joy, we, 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 um, we can exercise this joy regardless of our circumstances, regardless of our circumstances, because the joy is very different from happiness. Happiness tends to be based on um, things going well. You're happy when things go well. You're sad when things do not go well. But joy, because joy does not come from circumstances, it can be released anytime um, and everywhere because joy comes out of goodness uh, and comes out of that nourishment of the love of God. And that's why James, for instance, could say in James chapter 1, verse 2, he says, My brethren, count it all joy uh, when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. He says we can be joyful uh, when, we, when we are confronted with trying times, because we know. We are joyful because we know. We are joyful because we know. We are joyful because we know that the path of tribulation produces God's character in us. Uh, when we respond by faith in tribulation, when we allow the virtues of God to be developed in us, um, we, we, know that, we, we know that when we, when we submit um, to the, the process of God and, and we confront tribulation by faith, what is happening is the, the, the virtues of God are developed in us. And we know that. And, and those virtues are goodness, okay? It's, it's the goodness of God. And, and because we know that through tribulation, goodness is developed in us, we can release joy, okay? Goodness opens the door to joy. Uh, the virtues of God developed in us opens the door to joy. So he says we can be joyful irrespective of circumstances. Uh, when was writing to the Romans, he said the same thing in Romans 5. He says not only that, but we also glory in tribulation. You can substitute the word, we can be joyful in tribulation. He says we also glory in tribulations knowing, knowing, knowing. We're not, uh, you know, we're not sadists. We don't just rejoice because we have been, you know, uh, we're going through tribulation. We, we rejoice because we know, we know something. That tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope, okay? That can, we know that through this situation, it's a bit like going to the gym. Um, you know, you don't get 
glad for going to the gym. But you get glad when you know that as you're pushing against the weight, it develops your muscles, okay? And that's what you want. So it releases joy on the inside. Hallelujah. You know, the, the, the Passion Translation actually uses the word joy in that Romans 5, 3 verse. It says, but that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence. In times of trouble, we're joyful, knowing that our pressures will develop in us patient endurance. And patient endurance will refine our character. And proven character leads us back to hope. Hallelujah. Leads us back to the fact that this is who we are. This is what we've been called to be. We've been made for good works. It's, it, these tribulations are developing his character in us. So we can have joyful confidence. So again, joy is, uh, is what happens, is produced in us as we develop in goodness. Now, let, let us talk a little bit about kindness and gentleness. Kindness and gentleness. We saw that goodness and joy are more about our relationship with the Lord. Our relationship with the Lord. Recognizing that um, we were made in His image, uh, obeying His commandments, being nourished by His love, um, produces goodness in us, and, and that opens the door to joy. Our joy in the Lord is our strength, Nehemiah says, 8.10. Our joy in the Lord is our strength, okay? Um, so goodness and joy are more about our relationship with the Lord. Kindness and gentleness impact our relationship with other people, okay? This is also part of the fruit of the Spirit in us manifested through us. It's not just about God, it's also about people, okay? Kindness and gentleness impact our relationship with other people. Again, goodness has to do with being pleasing to the Lord. Kindness involves how we behave towards others, okay? Um, when you work on increasing the manifestation of kindness and gentleness in your life, you'll find yourself building relationships with others uh, who will come alongside you and will work with you. You know, he that wants friends should also be friendly. Uh, yes, it is true that, um, you know, that when you are walking with God, um, you will, you know, we will be confronted with persecution. But it is not true that when you're working with God, you shouldn't have any friends, okay? Uh, and I think that as we develop kindness and gentleness in our lives and recognize these attributes as being in us in Christ, we will see that we'll be more attractive to other people. Now, now let's look at these words in a little bit more depth. You know, when we think about, when we hear the word gentleness, uh, we also think, we, we typically think about, you know, or sometimes think about, you know, something along the lines of, you know, how we're gentle when you're taking care of, taking care of a baby, um, you know, or you have a bird with a broken wing, you want to take it softly and gentle. But gentleness, uh, when we talk about gentleness, it's not just about, uh, it doesn't have to be quiet or soft even, uh, gentleness. Um, sometimes being gentle, uh, you, know, so we, you know, we think about gentleness and we think about this, that holy brother that, you know, when he walks around, you know, you don't even know he's in a room. That, that's not really what gentleness is. Um, when we talk about gentleness, gentleness means, um, it can mean taking a considerate yet tough approach, okay? A considerate 
yet tough approach. You can look up these references. Uh, I believe we can learn a lot from the story of Nathan and David uh, about choosing our words carefully and being wise uh, with our delivery of truth. Um, you know, David had sinned, um, um, he had committed murder and um, adultery uh, with Bathsheba, and the Lord revealed this to Nathan, and Nathan went to speak uh, to David. You know, often the best way to speak into someone's life sometimes isn't, isn't to speak at all, uh, but to ask them questions and guide them to the truth based on their answers. You know, when the prophet Nathan went to see David to confront him over what had happened with Bathsheba, he didn't start just, uh, he didn't just start by condemning David for what he did. He didn't start by yelling and accusing David. He used a story and he allowed David to recognize his own sin. Only then did Nathan point out what David had done and how it was wrong. Yeah, that is, that is gentleness. It was, it was quiet. I mean, it was, it was, it was not quiet. He was tough, but yet he was considerate in his approach. Okay, that is, that is gentleness. Uh, we see an example of kindness um, with, uh, with Joseph, for instance. Uh, when his brothers came and, you know, he gave them provision, he gave them a warm welcome. Uh, the very brothers who had betrayed him, he was kind to them. He was kind to them even though um, from a physical perspective, they did not uh, they did not deserve it, okay? So we see Nathan manifesting gentleness. We see Joseph manifesting kindness. Uh, these are all, there's so many of these examples in Scripture. You know, just like a fruit is an outward manifestation of what's going on in a tree, these things are outward manifestations of what's going on in us. It's the life of God in us, the life that is is, is, is manifesting first as love, our being established in his love and joy and goodness. It now manifests to others in kindness and um, gentleness. It's unfortunate that a lot of times kindness is, um, is, is interpreted in a way that um, almost like it's not really a fruit of the spirit because it, sometimes we, we look at it as or we mistakenly consider it to be something like indulgence, okay? Uh, like indulgence, and it's not. You know, I mean, God in his kindness doesn't give us license to do whatever we want. Um, he, in his kindness, he's allowing us to seek the truth. You know, in, in, in Titus uh, chapter 3, verse 4, it says, When the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of righteous things we've done, but because of his mercy. So kindness is a type of mercy. When we're in sin, God will never approve of what we're doing. But because of his kindness, he doesn't bring immediate judgment, but instead he gives us time and space to repent. Uh, you know, so the, the indulgence or kindness here isn't permission to sin. The indulgence is giving us time to choose to no longer sin. Kindness has to do be, with being fair and even generous to people you don't know. When you're in a situation when there's no reason to give preference and you do it anyway, uh, that's kindness. 
uh, by modeling God's love to strangers. We show them kindness. Um, what is freeing about God's kindness is that, is that it, it doesn't mean that, um, you know, that, um, that it, it's, 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 a, it's a license to sin. The Bible says that it is through the kindness of God that he leads us to, uh, to repentance. Okay? So kindness, um, kindness and gentleness. Um, again, gentleness is not about just being soft. It doesn't mean you're not soft. It doesn't mean about, it's not about being quiet. It, it, is a, it is about being considerate, yet tough in our approach. It is in our gentleness that we're actually effective. Nathan was effective because he was gentle. He asked questions. He, he knew, he had the revelation, but he, he was leading through his gentleness to a place of repentance. The kindness of God, the generosity of God towards us also leads us to repentance. He's not, he's, not, he's not quick to judge. He gives us room uh, and he leads us in his kindness and generos generosity to that place of, of repentance, okay? So again, uh, just going back over what we've looked at today, uh, without love, none of the other fruit or another aspects of the fruit could be produced. Uh, we've seen that goodness and joy are related uh, they come out of, um, of, of that place of love. Uh, and we, we see how joy is, uh, is produced as we grow in goodness and, and, and security in God's love for us and in us. Okay? Uh, and, and the natural step, uh, there are natural steps that flow out of love. Uh, goodness and joy help us to cultivate kindness and gentleness in our lives. Um, you, you can't really be good to others when it's just like Jesus said that we should love, we should do unto others as we want to be done to us. And he said we should love our neighbor as ourselves. We can't really love ourselves unless, unless we're established in God's love for us and we're secure in our identity of God's love for us and, and, and secure in that, in that goodness that he has created us to exhibit. Um, it is from there, from that relationship of, of security that we can manifest um, kindness and, uh, and gentleness with other people um, because it's no longer about how people are treating us because we have been well treated by the Lord and, and our lives are established in that, okay? Um, and as we'll see in future weeks, uh, after good kindness and gentleness, uh, then will come patience, then faithfulness, then peace, and finally self-control. We'll wrap this up next week just looking at um, the different aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. But again, the reason why we're going through this is the sharing of our faith will only be effective as we acknowledge every good thing in us in Christ. This is the life of God in you and me. This is the life that we need to meditate on and we need to, we need to commune with. Um, we need to rest in who we are. We need to see these in Christ. And as we see them in Christ, we see them in us. We need to recognize that um, the life of the Spirit is what produces this in us. Uh, and therefore, it gives us the confidence, um, knowing that we can walk in everything that God in his unlimited power and resources has empowered us to walk in. Amen. I trust you've enjoyed our, our time today and you've received um, nourishment from the word. Uh, understand that the person that is blessed is not the one that just hears the word, but the person that does the word. Let us do the word by meditating on it this week. Hallelujah. And please don't forget, uh, check out our website, join our, uh, our book club. We start on Tuesday. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.